0: This is Mitch Ivan, and this is a special Friday afternoon edition of the Tuesday Afternoon Podcast. And today, I want to talk about you being okay. I've been doing a lot of self-improvement work, self-help work lately. I'm always doing some kind of self-help stuff. I go through these periods in my life where I don't do any for... While because I get frustrated with it, maybe a month, maybe a year, maybe a couple years, and then I go back and do it again. And I've pretty much done a little bit of everything. I've listened way back in the '90s to in the early '90s to the Deepak Chopra, maybe even the late '80s. Deepak Chopra and Wayne Dyer tapes, actual tapes. The Secret CD in the early 2000s. Read a bunch of Anthony Robbins books read other books from other self-help people. Later in life, I actually paid um, to have a Tony Robbins coach. I think the coach was in worse shape than I was emotionally, so that didn't work out. I paid another coach who was just starting her, her coaching uh, program in New York. i um, done spiritual programs. My wife and I did this thing called Brahma Kumaris for a while. There's just a ton of these things that I've done over the years, and I've always found them helpful. Sometimes not so much, but I think it always came down to me. I always feel that I'm in control of myself. If I'm failing in life, failing, it's always, for me, it's always been about my career. I've always been really good at relationships and stuff like that, and hopefully I'm changing it, but I hadn't been very good about career and about generating wealth so that's usually what I'm focused on. So as I've been doing this particular version of self-help, using uh, through an organization called Mind Valley, and they have all kinds of different self-help programs, I've liked it, and I've really m- made progress in a lot of areas of my life. And I feel that self-help is a journey. Self-improvement is a is a journey. And there are some people that are just naturally get it. I follow Gary Vaynerchuk a lot. If you don't follow Gary, he's an entrepreneur and he does a lot of positive. He's not a motivational speaker, but he he's a um, just a very positive um, messaging that he gives out. And of course, he talks a lot about being an entrepreneur as well. Um, but Gary is kind of like one of those people who, at least from what we see, what he presents on social media and to the public, um, who seems pretty even keel, who seems like, He just sort of naturally is uh, positive in his own way. So I think there's people who get that. And then there are those of us that are kind of positive. I fall into that category, positive sometimes, not positive other times. But part of my journey is I've got to work on it. Not just work on positivity, but I've got to work on improving myself. I like doing that, actually. Probably one of the reasons I do all these self-help things is I actually like it. I like doing them. If I could get paid to do self-help programs, which I'm sure there's a way to do, not really that interested in that because there's other things I want to get paid to do, but if I could, I'd be rich. Um, But that's not why I decided to do the special Friday edition of the Tuesday Afternoon Podcast. I, I decided to do it because it feels to me like there's a lot of people in pain right now. There's a lot of people in agony and I am the least qualified, not the least because you have to be pretty bad. Like Donald Trump is probably the least, least qualified person to help somebody who else who's in pain. But I am not qualified to help somebody who's suffering. My wife is qualified. My wife is a social worker um, in a major metropolitan hospital, but she also has done quite a bit of therapy. Not just taken therapy, she has done therapy. Therapy for staffs, you know, she's she's qualified to to help people who are, Really, really struggling. Um, you know the the the, te- the different teachers that I follow in Mind Valley. Most of them, in whatever discipline, whatever area of self improvement, they have spent a lot of time studying and perfecting, and kind of talking about. They're qualified to help people. I I don't feel that I'm qualified to help people, but I do feel that I'm qualified to be empathetic. And I'm qualified to tell you that if you need help, you can go get it. I'm qualified to tell you what I've done to get help. And I guess for some reason, I'm just feeling like there's a lot of people struggling right now that I decided I wanted to do this particular podcast on this day because maybe somebody will listen who's having a really shitty time. Now, if you just happen to be having a shitty, shitty day, I hope that just changes by listening to this. I mean, if you're just, I think I'm qualified to tell you this. If you're just having a generally shitty day and you're not clinically depressed and you don't have any real major problems, it just appears to be a shitty day, I can tell you that if you take full responsibility for your day, you don't blame your day and all the things that are making it shitty or all the people that you think are making it shitty, but you just say, somehow I'm doing it myself. I'm in control of how I feel. I'm in control of whether or not I feel shitty. If some jerk-off that I'm driving past cuts me off, gives me the finger and calls me a name... Whether or not I feel bad about myself or I feel angry, that's my choice. Like I created that feeling. That person didn't do it. That person doesn't feel anything I'm feeling. They drove away, but I feel it. So I can totally opt to not feel that way. I can make a choice to feel, feel better. I can make a choice to feel bad Not that that's better, but feel bad for the, I guess it's a little better, feel bad for the person who flipped me off and cut me off. You know, maybe they're really having an awful day worse than I am. Maybe they're clinically depressed. Maybe they just lost a family member, not making up excuses for being a road-raging lunatic. But I'm just trying to say that those, those of us who just have shitty days here and there choose have them which means we have the power to shift that now we get into like these negative feedback loops where we don't feel like we have the power to change feeling bad we don't feel like we can control it because we've been doing it for so long maybe once a week maybe on tuesdays every tuesday you're miserable you feel like an asshole every tuesday and you've been doing that for so long, it becomes, there's a, a Hindu word that I learned um, when my wife and I were doing some Hindu stuff called sanskar, becomes like a habit. you know. Um, I guess sanskar doesn't really mean habit, it means habitual behaviors, hab- habitual karmas that you would have taken from life to life, but that's probably not appropriate for everybody because some people don't believe in that kind of thing. Um, but what is universal is that we have these habituated ways of behaving and we get so used to it. We get so accustomed to doing it. We get so conditioned to do it that it feels like it's a negative feedback loop that we can't control. Because the minute things go wrong on a particular day, we automatically just dial into that negative feeling that my day sucks. And then the first thing happens, the guy flipped you off and drove away and you get mad because you've conditioned yourself to do that and you can't seem to make yourself happy by just shifting out of that. And then that's just going to lead to another thing that's going to aggravate you, to another thing, to another thing. And then you've had a whole day where you come home and then maybe you need comfort food. Maybe you need pizza or sugar or something else. And I have nothing against pizza and sugar. I eat plenty of it. Um but I try not to soothe myself with it, although I do. I get on sugar kicks all the time. And I do think sugar is remarkably addictive. I, I have a I'm convinced of that just in my own life, but but irrespective, I when I do get on a sugar kick, I I, I do consciously try to stop it, and I, I do stop it. But but also, I, I do make an effort, though, not to appease my frustration at any given moment with a piece of cake, you know, because that cake, you know, I get a quick high from it, uh, quick sugar rush, but then I just want more sugar. I want the, you know, it's it, I just want more of it and more of it. It just sort of brings me down um, physically and emotionally. So when you're on this negative feedback loop, um, there's lots of ways to deal with it. And 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 you certainly can take any self-improvement course and they're going to give you tools, rightfully so, to just quickly turn it off, you know, to, to help you decondition your mind. But I, I think in the end, at least all the, the methods that I've studied, it all comes down to just deciding you know just making a commitment that just being first of all being conscious of it not just being reactive to these feelings you recognizing them and then once you recognize them you can simply say that you don't want to feel this way anymore that you don't want to be miserable anymore and 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 then when it happens you'll catch it you make an effort not to feel that way it might be fake it might feel fake you might say i'm happy when you're not but if you consistently do that enough, I'm I'm not an advocate of fake it till you make it in your career or in other areas because I think that's absurd. But, you know, it does kind of work when you're trying to fix your own negativity. It, it really does because your subconscious mind doesn't know if, um, you know, the subconscious mind is where we record all this information, where we record all these behaviors and we're not always conscious of it because it's subconscious. So it doesn't know if it's, you know, when you feel angry and raging because a guy flipped you off, uh, subconscious mind doesn't really know if that really happened or not. It doesn't care. It just records those feelings and those experiences. You can get mad for no reason. You know, you could, some guy didn't flip you off, but you could act like some guy did and you can get fired up and you can have that same effect. Your subconscious mind will record that and help create a, a consistent behavior just because you felt that way and it's the same thing with positivity if you're if you're caught in a negative feedback loop and you consistently are aware of it and you think of something you're happy you're thankful for you're grateful for or you you know if some guy flips you off and you're raging and then you drive by some other motorist and you smile and give them a nice wave happily and you've still you're still mad as hell at the goofball that cut you off but i am telling you over time consistently doing this you retrain your subconscious mind to not get so upset you retrain yourself to not be in that negative feedback loop and it really is quite simple it's easier said than done because sometimes we feel a comfort level in being miserable in any given moment. It's it's safe for us. It's a place that we, especially if where I've been frequently, um, you know, you feel negative about something for so long that it's where you're comfortable, and feeling positive is not comfortable. And you've got to get comfortable with being positive. So I don't really think changing. Um, not chronic, but I don't think changing acute states of frustration, mild despair, anger, I don't think it's that difficult. And I think if you consistently practice it, it it changes. Now, I, I guess if you're in a chronic state of depression, that's you know, a whole other ball game that I'm not like I said, I, I don't I don't know what to I'm not qualified to address that. But I do think there's no reason not to get help. Whatever form of help is appropriate to you, it's it's almost an you know, an insult to yourself not to do it, because every person, I've known this, this is one thing I've known since I've been a little child. I don't know why I know this or how I know this, and I don't always apply it to my own self, but I know this. Every person has unlimited potential, and I I knew that at, at, at the, I never remember not believing that. Every person has unlimited potential. Every person can do everything. Now, every person isn't born into a circumstance, that's geographically or whether that is emotionally, where, you know, they have the opportunity to do something. I mean, you certainly can't make an argument that somebody who's, you know, who was born in Somalia or in a refugee camp has all the potential of somebody who was born anywhere in the United States of America. They're just two totally different worlds with totally different potentials for opportunity. But I would argue that the human being, if you take that person, if you're able to take that person out of their surroundings or you're able to improve the situation in Somalia, then that person has unlimited capacity. I just believe that. And some people have even when they're in those situations they have an extraordinary capacity to live their best life and they're able to find ways out of those those difficult situations. And that's remarkable. But here, you know, geographically, We're all very fortunate. If we live, you know, we live in the U.S., we're very fortunate. But that doesn't mean everybody also has the same level of opportunity here in the United States. They don't. They haven't. But still, more fortunate than if you were born in a place where you have very limited opportunity, where survival is... Remarkably difficult. So if you're struggling right now, really, really struggling, take comfort at least in the fact that you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're very likely living in a place where your potential to get better and subsequently your potential to excel is really good and your natural potential that no matter how awful maybe you feel no matter how awful you might feel about yourself it doesn't change the fact the just the fact that I believe and, and maybe you might disagree with me but the fact that at your core your soul is perfect and just as a human being as a as a divine creation, no matter what type of divinity you do or don't believe in, you have remarkable potential to be everything and to do everything. And therefore you owe it to yourself to get help because it's there. There are people like my wife who are mental health experts. And they can really make a remarkable difference in your life. I remember, and although this doesn't compare in any capacity to someone who's suffering with clinical depression, or any sort of severe, you know, emotional stress. But when I was in my mid-20s, I was living in Las Vegas. And one day I had gone to give blood. And I was very, I was a little, I was quite, feeling quite anxious for, probably a year, but not really super anxious. But I was really feeling pretty anxious. And I went to give blood or give plasma. And I used to give blood because giving blood was the only way. I wasn't succeeding in my career. I was living with my parents. I had, no, I was, I had a small business that I was struggling with that I didn't really like very much. It was, a, it was a difficult period in my life. And I remember I went to give blood because I felt like it was the only contribution I could make. To the world. I didn't feel good about myself so I gave and then one day I had an opportunity to go give plasma and I went to the plasma center went to the blood center gave plasma they put a needle in each arm I was really nervous about this they told me beforehand if you feel any tingling just let us know anywhere in your body and we'll give you some some tums because it means that you're just losing a little bit too much calcium it's nothing to worry about it's very common well I was quite nervous at that period of time, and I didn't want to feel any tingling anywhere. Because if I felt that, as far as I was concerned, it was done. It was over. They were going to have to rush me to the hospital. So I'm kind of sitting there, and right in my chest, I feel a little, little bit of tingling. Now, I don't know if it was real or if it was psychosomatic, but, but irrespective, it was there. Panicked immediately. I thought it was over, but I tried to keep my cool. But then all of this other frustration, anxiety, fears kind of bubbled up inside of me, probably from a year's worth of shit that had just been ruminating, bubbled up in that minute, totally panicked. Called them over. I said, you need to get this stuff off me. I I, I can't. Heavy breathing. I had a full-on anxiety attack. Never had one of those before. And I thought it was the anxiety attack I thought was like, I mean, I chuckle about it now because I know how ridiculous my experience was. Well, how ridiculous my, my analysis of the situation was. I was fine. I probably, either I had that mild tingling from the calcium, which a little bit of Tums would have fixed, or I just was so fixated on getting that tingling, I felt it anyway, but irrespective. So I'm like, Feeling this feeling, I'm, I'm completely, um, completely panicky. Having a feel like I'm having a hard time breathing, but only because I'm panicking. They take the, uh, they take the 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 needles out. So they just sit for a few minutes. So I'm sitting for a few minutes, and I can't sit still. I need to move, right? So I jump up, and one of the techs, who I blamed for a long time, and have since long since forgiven in my own mind, and realized that the tech was only doing his job. One of the techs said, yo, 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 your face is ghost white, you better lay down. I've seen that look before. He made me lay down, put my knees up to my chest. I was shitting myself, because now I thought he saw something in me that I didn't see. I, I thought he figured I was worse than I was. So I kind of stayed in that spot for a little while, and then I was like, I gotta get out of here. So I got up, he wanted me to sip, but I'm like, no, I gotta go. He's like, well, why don't you go have some juice? I took a little drink of juice, got out, got in my car, the car ride home. I was a nervous, panicked wreck. I I don't know how the fuck I drove home. It was miraculous that I got home in one piece. My parents were home. I couldn't stand still. I was out of control. I had them take me to the hospital. I had them take me to the ER. Triage nurse checked me. He's like, you're fine. He didn't tell me that I was having anxiety. He just said, you're fine. There's no, your lungs are clear. Your heart's fine. So I got home and this experience kicked off on and off years of anxiety. Maybe it was some sort of post-traumatic stress disorder. I don't know, but I would feel, and for a good maybe year and a half, what I would call severe anxiety, like I was always getting panic attacks Um, until I learned I didn't need to have panic attacks until I learned it was a choice. Um, so if I guess the whole reason I'm telling you this story is I had realized at some point that I didn't, I didn't want to live like this, you know, and I had realized that, and I was actually becoming paranoid. I remember one time I was at a restaurant and I was eating and I was thinking that they put something in my food, but I knew it was ridiculous. I knew they didn't. I knew that that was not the case, but I still got myself completely worked up. It was it was crazy, you know. Not crazy. I'm not saying crazy in a way of, of mocking mental illness, but it was a crazy experience, right? You, I I, I, I knew full well that nobody had put anything in my food, but just the potentiality of that, the 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 the, the scariness of that potentiality set me off. I knew I needed to get some help. And I guess in my my belief that everyone is capable of excelling to their highest potential, including me, is what made me feel worthwhile enough to go get help. And so I had health insurance. And so I was fortunate at the time. I had health insurance. So I went to a therapist. And that process of just talking to a therapist was remarkably helpful, like ridiculously helpful. Just that effort of having those communications. I don't think she was a particularly good therapist. After about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight sessions where I had a lot of progress, Um she kind of flipped out on me. I was dating a girl who I living with a girl who I really didn't. I liked the girl. I I liked her, but I didn't love her. I wasn't attracted to her. I wanted to get out of the relationship. And, um, I don't know if the therapist was using this as a technique or whatever, but she went, she flipped out on me. She started yelling at me in the third, ther- in, in the office, telling me to get, I, it was bizarre. Um, so I left, I didn't continue with that therapist. um, but I was able to work on this myself, you know, from that point forward. And then some years later, I was having, you know, anxiety issues again, and just overall, you know, mild depression, I went to a therapist again. And it, it really, really helped. And I know, I'm not a huge fan of psychotherapy for 10-year for runs of it and that sort of thing. I, I think for me, you know, psych, if, if you're going through a trauma and psychotherapy, you know, you can get clarity through having those discussions with a good therapist. I think there's a great value to it. And I know there are a lot of, you know, um, emotional challenges that psychotherapy is inadequate for, um, whether or not medication is an option or whatever the case may be. Um, so so I know my experience probably pales in comparison to the suffering that so many people go through. But I guess what I'm trying to say is no matter what the case, you're worth it, right? You, your unlimited potential is there, no matter how bad you think you feel. And by not... It doesn't matter whether or not you ever achieve your greatest potential. The world benefits when you pursue and and express your potential in whatever capacity you're capable of. And you continue to do that throughout your life. That, I think, is the purpose of life. There is an inherent kindness in sharing yourself With the world. There is an inherent decency in exploring everything you can be and everything you want to be, and exploring that while you're interacting with the world. And when we suffer silently and we don't do what it is we need to do to help ourselves then we deny the world that opportunity. And that's unfortunate, and it just doesn't have to be that way. And again, your particular help can come in whatever whatever way is appropriate for you. It could be just working on it yourself, or it could be doing self-help programs, or it could be a therapist, or it could be a psychiatrist, or it could be, um, you know, if, if you, you're into a particular faith and you have a good, you know, a good religious leader who cares, you know, it, it could be through that. But irrespective, you're worth it. Thanks so much for stopping by for this special Friday version of the Tuesday afternoon podcast. This has been a special Friday version of my Tuesday afternoon podcast. I'll see you guys in a couple days on Tuesday or I'll hear you guys or you'll hear me. You know what I mean. Love you.